I, I've been thinking a lot about this um, idea over my whole practice, really trying to map out or understand the path, like what is enlightenment and how do you know that you're there? How do you like, how many more lifetimes is this going to go on for? Um, and it can be really hard, I think, to measure your progress because first of all, the maps that exist that are used from the early Buddhist tradition, I don't find very relevant or they're not modern in their approach. They don't include like psychological development or psychosocial or emotional development. So they, they kind of map out the different levels of enlightenment where you might start with being a stream enterer and then a once returner and then a non returner and then an arhat. And then some schools add on the Bodhisattva or then eventually a Buddha. Um, and so like the maps list, someone who is a stream enterer has these certain emotions that no longer arise. Like you never get anger arising or, and I, I just, but then I've heard things like the Dalai Lama will say, well, it's not that I don't have anger arising in my mind. It's just that I don't get confused by it. It's like, okay, that seems a little bit more achievable and a little bit more realistic, but then it kind of also means that the maps of the early Buddhist tradition don't really make sense. Like I've been meditating for 20 years and I still get angry. I still experience anger. Um, my reactions to it are different and I don't get confused by it as much or really at all anymore, but these like normal emotions still arise. And so then what maps do we use? There are, there are maps by different traditions that kind of explain what enlightenment is or kind of how you progress, like what's the progress of insight. So there, I, I would say there is um, a way to measure your progress, but it's mostly internal. Um, your external actions, again, uh, we've talked about this a lot, like just because you've been meditating for a while doesn't mean like your external actions change drastically. Like you don't all of a sudden feel like, oh, I guess all I need to eat is salad every day, or I don't have craving for chocolate or sex or getting angry or whatever the thing is. So most of my actions and most of one's actions remain mostly the same. And I still talk quickly and I still make stupid jokes and I still um, yell at my kids sometimes, although I feel bad about doing that. And I just don't find um, that much different in my external actions in, in some ways. So when you're looking at your progress, for example, um, if you were looking at your progress of working out in the gym, you could take like a before and an after photo and you would see this is how out of shape I am before. And now I've got these huge muscles and I have a ton of energy and, and the, the results and the benefits are much more quantifiable or, or visible. But when you're exercising your spiritual body, you're talking about developing towards enlightenment, it's much more vague and it actually 
it, it takes a lot longer to see the effects or to see the benefits. And unfortunately, because of that, most people just kind of drop out. They just, they don't keep up their practice because it, in, in the moment, it doesn't really seem to make sense to spend a whole 45 minutes doing it when you could be doing something else like going to the gym or watching Netflix. Um, but yeah, the, the benefits or the, the progress can take years. So I've heard this from other people and I've experienced it, I, I guess, mostly for myself that, and this isn't to discourage anyone, but I feel like only after this many years of practice, I'm sort of beginning to really understand what meditation is. And I know that can be a little bit hard to swallow, but I'm going to balance that by saying all the way along, you will feel like now I get what meditation is. So like you might practice for like a couple of months and you'll be like, okay, I think I get what my meditation is. And you'll go on your first retreat or you'll do your second or your third retreat. And you're like, oh my gosh, now I totally get what meditation is. But you still don't really get what meditation is. And you just keep going and going and going until now I really get what meditation is. And then no, then every time you think this is it, that's not it. So you never really progress in that in that linear sense that you're looking for. It's very much like a circular kind of groundhog day thing. As soon as you think, you know, this is it, or now I'm enlightened, or now I get what meditation is, you've sort of missed the point, which is that the progress is about never feeling like you have to say to yourself, now I get it. Because you're just in an infinite stream of moments. And each moment is just a surprise moment. Oh, this moment's happening. Oh, this moment's happening. So you can't really progress in the same way that we think about in linear in linear sense, like I, I develop a skill. Okay, so there's kind of that's, that's kind of like the, the downside or the bad side and the good side all at once, like, it's going to take you many, many, many years to feel like you kind of get it, which kind of getting it is feeling like you're never going to get it. Um, so that's hopeful or despairing. I don't know what your emotional reaction to that is. But I've heard other people say as well that it's usually about 20 years, like the first 20 years are the hardest. And then you kind of can like sit with what is like, you can kind of accept the present moment after about 20 years or so of meditation. But then in the Buddhist tradition, we talk about multiple lifetimes as well. So if you're signing up for this spiritual journey, you're more or less expecting that this is going to take lifetimes. So you can feel a little bit more relaxed, like you can really, really work hard, but you should also have this long range plan. Like if I'm going to be here for another like 50 lifetimes or a thousand lifetimes or three lifetimes, um, or whatever it is, you don't have to rush. You do have to work diligently, but you don't have to rush. And so it gives you the long, the long game. So that's part of it is it, it just takes a long time to progress. It takes a long time to see really deep stability in, in your mind because of the, how deeply entrenched we are in our patterns. Like if you think about you just started meditating maybe in the last 
year, two years, five years, and yet you had before that 20 or 30 years, assuming that we're just counting this lifetime, of mostly like not being mindful. So don't think that just after like a retreat or two or a year or two of meditating, you're going to undo the patterns of 20 or 30 years of unmindfulness, not to mention the heavy karmic weight of our society or things that are coming from a past life or whatever sort of challenges you encounter, that's going to really like weigh you down. And it's going to mean that this two or three year, year you know, um, pressure you've put on yourself might take a decade or two decades or four decades to undo some deeper patterns. Um, this is why I'm so deep in my depression right now, you know, to be open. Like, yeah, um, it's like I've only been meditating for about a year, right? I mean, since we started, that was like the first time I ever did anything like this. And that kind of started, kickstarted my spiritual journey into where I'm at today. Like I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. right now, um, blowing my mind. But, um, uh, what was I going with that? Yeah, um, even with therapy, um, not even been a year yet since I started therapy. Um, it's like I'm unpacking everything that I've been internalizing my entire life, my 26 years of existence, you know, and not, or I mean, or maybe lessen that from like, you know, when you were a baby, I guess that's when the last time I was mindful, <laughs> you know, and like fully present and like in the right. moment, right. where then everything else is kind of like all these negative things and negative cycles and um, yeah, all that stuff just kind of like builds brick by brick by brick. And now I feel like everything is just like happening all at the same time because as i bring awareness to it i'm so much more aware of like the pain and the suffering and all that kind of stuff and so like Mm -hmm. it's like i'm experiencing them for the first time like ever um because all these internalized things i'm now verbalizing them and seeing them for what they are and a lot of it is very like shocking (laughs) to my system um yeah and yeah so i feel that yeah, and I've been, I've been pretty honest with you guys mostly in, in my talks. I mean, I had an experience on a retreat once. I did a six-week long retreat in 2000 and, I don't know, 2002 or something like that. And I had an experience where I pretty much saw the entire like spectrograph of my karmic imprint. Like I, I saw everything. And it was, <laughs> it's a shocking moment when you see like you're the entirety of your being and how tangled up you are really. And then it was like clear, okay, this is my path is to untangle this mess. And I'm still today working on things that I saw and intuited then. Um, so it, it, it just takes a while for things to, for this practice to really take seat. But I've identified a few key things that you can kind of use as a, a way to measure things. So the number one thing to measure your progress is suffering. So suffering is different than pain. We all experience pain. Enlightened beings experience just as much or more pain because they're fully open to it as, as other people. But suffering is the added layer of like 
dialogue or judgment that we put on pain. And its suffering is tied up with the, uh, the me sense or the I ego sense that this pain is me or mine. And if you remove the identification with the pain, it's still pain, but it's no longer me or mine. So you experience sadness, disappointment, pain, failure, all of these things in your life, but you just feel, when you're sad, you just feel the sadness. When you're disappointed, when you're broken, you just feel it and it's okay to feel it, not having the added layer of suffering. So the progress, the Buddhist path is leading to the end of suffering, which does not mean the end of pain necessarily. So if you feel like you are suffering less, then you're progressing. Like that's the number one measuring tool for this path, like as defined by the path. Since the path is moving from the noble truth of suffering to the noble truth of the end of suffering, how much you suffer defines your progress. And I could say I have just as much or more pain than I did when I started. Uh, I have just as much or more sadness and disappointment in my life than when I started but I have way less suffering, like drastically different level of relationship with the pain and disappointment that I have in my life. The second thing you can use to identify your progress is your feeling of how much effort you're putting in. So if you feel like you're working hard at meditation, most likely it means your progress is going to be slow. So it's the opposite of what you think. When you are feeling like you're putting in very little effort and yet still being mindful, that's when you're gonna progress more quickly because there's no agenda that you're putting on your path. So think about that just like you would learn any skill like ice skating or anything like that. If you feel like you're trying really hard to learn how to ice skate, you're probably not really learning how to ice skate. It's when you let yourself just fall and make mistakes and you get back up and you just keep you just, you're just like, you might not be very good, but you're skating and you're not putting much effort into the learning of skating. That's when you're actually learning. So you, we've talked about this before, the kind of undoing or dissection of the process of meditation by doing what we call undistracted non-meditation. So if you feel like you're sitting down and you're meditating all the time, you're probably not actually meditating. You're probably not progressing in your meditation because you have too much of an agenda around it. When you're just following the natural motion of your life and being mindful without the agenda, that's when progress really takes off. That's when things move much quicker. And this is a bad analogy for people that care about the environment, like we all do. But I experienced these major insights and progress like iceberg. I call them iceberg moments. So if you think about those big sheets of ice on the, a rocky cliff, as you start meditating, the edges of that glacier or those icebergs, I don't, yeah, whatever the analogy he uses, um, it like, it starts to melt, right? And then there'll be that moment in time where it melts just enough. And then there's, a, you hear this huge crack and then a big sheet of ice falls off that's when like when that just keeps happening like that's when you don't have to put any effort into it when you're not putting any effort to, into it there's a grace that happens in these big sheets of ice are just falling off all your karma just falls off that's the measurement that you use is how much it feels like you're trying to do that 
So you'll try to trick the system and you'll say, hey, uh, karma, I'm not really trying to get rid of you. I'm just over here hanging out, chilling. But your karma knows that you're trying to trick it in pretending to be effortless, which is its own kind of effort. It's only when you give up trying to be effortful and trying to trick the system into looking effortless that you're actually effortless. And that's when things start to happen for you. That's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> but I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's like, you know, if it always has to be this like event that's like, okay, this is the time I want to like, meditate. That's all that it, it is. Then you're not really progressing. It's like when you're like today, I'll tell you, I was on the bus and I did not do anything. My whole trip on the bus, and I would usually fill it with something, usually my phone, I was just like there. And I, my anchor was the bus driver for some reason, just in the way that his reflection was on the, in the, in the front room uh, mirror, kept bringing me back to the present when I was like, thing, but it was something I had never experienced before. And when I got out of the bus, I just felt so like at peace. Mm-hmm. And so the final tool that I'll share with you, I think is it's the easiest tool because it is the most visible to you anyway. So your physical body, like obviously if you work out in the gym and you get huge packs or whatever it is, like that's visible to other people. But separate from that, but it, but obviously connected in some ways is your what I would call your inner body. So we've done this body scan practice before or as you're working with the breath, when you close your eyes and you feel inside of your body and you do a body scan from head to toe or toe to head, you're going to feel areas of solidity and you're going to feel areas of movement and you're going to feel areas of numbness or where there's just areas that are absent, like they're, they're dead to you essentially like there might be a part in your left lower back that you can't even feel like you can't get your awareness into it when you do a body scan essentially um if you if you go on a retreat you'll probably it's easy on around retreat to get this experience but if you meditate enough on a retreat you'll have an experience temporary first where your body what feels like a solid object loses its solidity now, one of the traditions in the Vipassana retreats, they call this a banga, B-H-A-N-G-A, where your body just essentially feels like a vibrating energy field. And it's an, it's an empowering experience. And in a way, it's a, very mom, it's a moment of enlightenment. When you see this thing that you normally think of as a dense and solid body or me, it feels inside like it just kind of disappears. Like you, you just kind of melt into this like buzzing field of energy like you literally feel this way that'll be temporary and then all the solidity will come back and that's fine you might even get this experience even without meditating if you just like exercise like after you go for a three mile jog your body will just kind of feel like it's not really a body like it's moved and it's morphed into this kind of energy field so this will happen to you over time where the pockets of dense areas or of solidity they store a tremendous amount of tension and pain or or some pattern and as you work through those things that area now becomes a vibrating 
area. And so your whole body over time becomes a subtle body. It becomes a vibrating energy bubble. And you're just in tune with that all the time. You, you know that there's solidity, like, but you're not tricked by it. Your consciousness has moved back a level where you're in the subtle body, in this inner body, where everything feels like it's just vibrating all the time. And you understand that it's just passing away, that it's, it's basically transparent to the light consciousness. So if you just close your eyes and you quickly, this is the way to determine how enlightened you are. Just do a body sweep from your toes up to your head and then back down. And if it gets obstructed anywhere along the way, then you're not enlightened. You can actually just, you just take like, take your awareness for a quick sweep. Take, it's like half a second and you just sweep up and then you sweep down. And if you can't move it from all of the edges of your body, you've got some work to do. And of course, we've talked about the chakra system where the, you know, like under your genitals, under your navel, at your solar plexus, at your heart, at your throat, at your third eye, and at the crown of your head. These are massive like hubs of energy that each control a different emotional pattern. So if you do a body sweep and you feel stuck in your solar plexus, you probably have low self-esteem issues or karmic patterns around power. And that's going to feel stuck there. It's going to feel solid there. If you do a body sweep and you feel, if, or if you get migraines all the time, you probably have a blockage in your sixth chakra, which has to do with light and illusion and vision and clarity, clarity of purpose. And so over time, as you keep sweeping up and down the whole body mind energy continuum, you'll start to see that you're, you're, you're not actually there. There's just this energy field. There's just these sources of energy and there's no solidity whatsoever. But I find this is the simplest way. Every night when you lay down to bed or every day when you meditate, just do a quick sweep. You'll know exactly how enlightened you are because you won't be able to move the energy through a certain area of yourself. And as you progress, you'll see, oh, right, now I get it. Enlightenment is when this whole body-mind becomes transparent to light, to the consciousness that's behind it. And then you start to like, oh, that's what it feels like to be enlightened. Now I get it. And these pockets of solidity just keep melting. And then you'll have iceberg after iceberg after iceberg after year after year after year. And then the body just remains this vibrating thing that you just kind of work with and you deal with. And it expresses the light that's behind it. It becomes a channel or an instrument of this light. So suffering, feelings of effort, effortfulness, and a simple body sweep here and there, looking for areas of solidity or subtle, subtle movement. Those are better ways of determining how enlightened you are than do you talk slowly? Do you stop swear using swear words? Do you walk around wearing robes? Are you happy all the time? Like that's kind of like kindergarten versions of enlightenment. That's not really what we're talking about here. And it'll come clear to you as you keep going with this, how to measure your progress. And you'll be the ultimate determiner of how far along you are, because you'll know exactly when you're suffering and you know exactly where you're stuck. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's all that. Thank that was you. Really heavy. Mm-hmm.
but you will get there. What's that? In this life or another. Yes. In this life or another. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think I kept you a little bit longer than normal, but I appreciate your presence and your hard work and determination to reach your goal. Thank you so much for your energy. Amazing. As always. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jeremy. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.